the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into hour two, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. You may recall in our uh, Manners is More Important Than Laws segment with Sam Stone on Thursday, he was discussing the fad we need to stamp out of people showing up at grocery stores and other public accommodations with their pajamas, in their pajamas. And it dawned on me a question I had to ask him. Uh, over the weekend, uh, which may be helpful to people who want to stay on the right side of all these things of decent etiquette. Uh, I asked him, um, knowing these kinds of things can fast become slippery slopes and abused, can one wear pajama bottoms in their neighborhood before sunup if walking the dog? Is that acceptable? Uh, Sam had an interesting analysis If it's a short walk, yes, and it may correlate to the size of the dog. Anything over 50 pounds needs to be walked with actual clothes on the human for their dignity. Now, what's interesting, I don't think he's ever met Dagny the Wonder Dog because I think she just makes it under that bar. I think she's at about 45. She vacillates a little bit between 40. I think she may have been 50 once. Once she may have been 50. So I think we're under. But I saw Mr. Bill, who's a big lab owner, saying, no, you cannot walk dogs with pajama bottoms in the neighborhood even before the sun rises. But by definition, you're still in the Sam Stone rule because I'm sure all your labs are over 50 pounds. They've got to be by definition as well. So we're all following this interesting, right on this interesting, uh, uh, what would you call it, Uh, curve. Yeah, crevice. All right. Just keeping us all honest. All right. Doug is still with me, I think. Doug, right? Yes, we were on to something big, I think. Are you still there, Doug? Did Doug leave us going once? Uh, it's the old it's the old Doug button here. That's I don't it. mind. I don't mind. I, I don't think you've done it all year until now. I know. I'm a little worried. I'm slipping, Um, you know. So, well, listen, you're right on the cultural edge here. Uh, I would say (laughs) I I dress before I go outside. You know, the funny thing is I have, um, even if I'm going out to the mailbox or something early in the morning, but that's just me. My wife says I'm from a different generation. I just have a little bit of But before the sun rises, don't you get a little latitude? Well, it was, it's actually as much a reflection of I'm up, I'm ready to go, I've had coffee, I, li- I wanted to greet the day with enthusiasm. So that's a, But let's talk about Labradors. I've always have had four or five labs in my time. Labs will be easily. If, it depends if it's a field lab or a show lab. They're slightly different in terms of the breed. Um, but you can be 75, 80. I've seen a male uh, Labrador that was about 110. It was a monster, you know. You know what confuses? But I would yeah, say go ahead. you got to be careful. I don't care if it's 4 in the morning. If your dog has a higher testosterone rating yeah. than the uh, person walking yeah. it, that's bad form. Bad form. Uh, you, you know, know, I get that. 
here's a curiosity you may not have known. Yep. Maybe you do as a lab owner. Why is it that Newfoundlands come from Labrador, but Labradors come from Newfoundland? <laughs> I'm not wrong about that. No, you're not. You're you not, knew this. Not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, the show, <laughs> I never even questioned that. You know, you're Well, don't so, you think it begs a question? It does, now that you said so. Yeah. Now that you brought that up. I mean, up, we I do go, it well, easy with Dagny dogs. Brittany's from France. Brittany, France. Right. Makes sense. Right. Okay, it all good. Sense. But it why Labradors sense. are from Newfoundland and Newfies, which are very much like Labradors, are from Labrador. Now I'm going to end up having to search the, the Ethernet to try to find the trivia. All right. That is so fascinating. Yeah. But... Get, getting back to yes. our, by the way, this this was a lot more fun than all the other stuff we delve into. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, we're going to, by the time this show is done, which means whenever I get fired, we're going to know everything. That, there we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or. <laughs> I may have to or, hurry or up. You, or you need to be young again, because <laughs> if you're 12, you think you know everything. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then you live long enough just to yeah. have your bubble burst, you know, so. But, um. Here's the thing. I Like you said, the definition of MAGA, MAGA should be broad, and I think the whole thing I think many of us have got to get over is being MAGA doesn't mean you're rude, doesn't mean you're crude. Think of all the diversity of heavier fighters that were getting into the House and a few into the Senate, and um, you know they can be classy. Like even the questioning of the university presidents about – their lack of guts to confront uh, anti perfectly classy. It was perfectly fine. It had it right around a moral classy. outrage, but it was perfectly classy. And and, and it was tenacious. Yeah. She wasn't going to back down. Yeah. That's what we. That's what most of us are looking for. Is <clears throat> because what? By the way, as you went off the air, you said something else that I think adds to. I'll why say people it. I'll, I'll do a better it. job. I said it too quickly. For as much as. People may want to hang Alex Jones around the neck of the conservative movement or the right as a millstone. He is as odd and extreme in our movement as is the center of the left on any fair estimation of the valence, the stage, the proscenium of ideology. Oh, God. Amen to that. The left is... And the liberal left movement in America is as lunatic as Alex Jones is extreme to us. And they hang him around us as a millstone. I wish we didn't. I'd like to cut that millstone off, frankly. But their center is his extreme. Yes. So true. I'm into that. I got to tell you, Seth, this is what, again— were, were many of us, and if you listen to Charlie Kirk, he was talking about he was shocked at his event this last weekend of how more and more establishment donors are coming up and they're acting like at you know mega people and they're saying we've got to do something. This is enough, you know. And uh, <clears throat> but what we put up with is more and more. I'm tired of backing, running away. Have you ever seen that wacky comedy? Uh, in search for the Holy Grail. Oh sure. Oh, one of the funniest lines is what? Run away, run away fast. That has been the mantra of the right in the cultural realm <laughs> for forty-five years. Run away, run away fast. And you know, and so we're just disgusted. It's like stand there and you know, don't 
physically spit in their face, but just look at them and say, knock it off. You're, you know, you have so many weirdos. It's disgusting. And I've heard that in conversations, you can just start naming names and they start rolling their eyes and shutting up, stand there. And they back down pretty quick, Yeah, you know, but we run away so fast. They just step right into the space and keep going. And so I think people are like, I'm so sick of it. I'll accept anybody th- just to spit you, back. You, you made an interesting other point, too, though, Doug, about the birth, the wide birth that constitutes MAGA. Because in that container, you could put Elise Stefanik. You yes. could put, uh, did you, I think you mentioned Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, John oh, Kennedy. Oh, I love that man. You could put yes. uh, uh, Rand Paul. Yep. You could put Ted Cruz. Yep. I argue Tom Cotton could be in there, yep. Yep. and I think a whole host of others that aren't exactly the same kind of conservative. Right. You're right. Tom Cotton so right. and Rand yeah. Paul see foreign policy very differently. Elise yeah. Stefanik is a, was a, fairly, is a fairly moderate person who supports mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Um, uh, she was kind of a Northeastern Republican type, if you will. Um and yet all of this gets called MAGA, which I, I I still to this day understand how in how verbalizing the phrase MAGA could carries a connotation because it's not a beautiful word. I understand it, it's not you know, it's not like, I don't know, toy company or applesauce or ice cream. It, it doesn't have a great sound MAGA. It just doesn't sound wonderful. But when you think about what the connotation is or what it is. What it is a um, uh, uh, an acronym for it? It's make America great again. And how yeah. did that become dirty? Here's how it became dirty. It became hold with me. It became dirty because of everything that Farid Sakaria said about the modern academic university, where you are supposed to have a down market view of America, where anything America is bad, anything West is bad, and yet. When you get to the underbelly of that which opposes the West, and we're seeing it through, you know, Hamas forward, it's worse. Well, I think we lost Doug. If he calls back, we'll put him back on. I know he had more in his tank. He always does. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. You're throwing a soiree tomorrow, young David? I am indeed, and well, I expect you to be there. I don't of know course. if I can. Ma- I don't think I can. But what oh will, my goodness! What will be the bill? That's of the ca- second one you owe me. What's the bill? I, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I still what's, hold deep-seated anger and resentment over my barbecue over the summer. <laughs> what's the bill of fare? What will you be serving? Um, well, some Wasail. of my friends. Some of my friends are bringing their own appetizers, yeah. and uh, I will also have at least four different kinds of cheeses. Mm-hmm. Cheese from Italy and France and elsewhere and everywhere in between. Some bread, French bread, of course. Um, let's see, I, I bought some crackers, a little bit of salami, smoked salmon. Are, are you familiar with wassail? Wassail. Yeah. Wassail, an yeah. English wassail. You need to have some of that. It's an English wassail. Uh-oh, I here think, we go. I think you need to have some of that. Uh, we'll take them in a moment. I wanted to talk about um, the doomsday cult in America. The doomsday cult. Um, it needs to recalculate its many failed predictions. This is an editorial at Issues and Insights, uh, which uh, 
Okay, yeah, let's do this. I'll get to that in a moment. I want to talk about moral panic and doomsday cults. Will you remind me to do that, young David? Doug, thanks for calling back. Sorry, go ahead, sir. Well, I, I you know, in going over everything we're talking about, <clears throat> I, th- I think you brought up so many good names. I think of, I always look at Kennedy from Louisiana, Senator Kennedy, as, uh, you know, just kind of our old sage. He can make anything funny, yeah. and he gets right to the point. Yeah. And he, he actually pushes like hell, and he does it through humor, yeah. you know. And uh, there's, so, there's a huge diversity of things. But I think, tell me what you think about this. When you were talking, it hit me. I think what holds many people like myself, who call, call ourselves MAGA, and like you were even saying, a more moderate, you know, East Coast Republicans, I think the difference is um, we're thinking more in terms of Republican or conservative philosophy and less bonded to the National Republican Party. You know what? I think it's I think it's partly that I think it's actually more of what you talk about all the time, which is I'm going to get over myself. I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to vote for the Republican because it's better. The quote is 25 percent of something is better than 100 percent of nothing. And it was from uh, it was from. uh, Fats, uh, Minnesota Fats. What was that Jackie Gleason movie? The Pool Player, the precursor to The Color of Money. Uh, what movie is that? I'm, I'm blanking on the name. The something. You know the movie. Oh, Bill. Yeah, I do know the movie. Uh, the Hustler. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we keep Mr. Bill around. His work is done for the week. <laughs> you can go home now. <laughs> the Hustler. Twenty five percent of something is yeah. better than one hundred percent. I think that's what it is because yeah. Elise Stefanik is not right. naturally a Trump type person, no, but she realizes she this is the nominee. This is what we got, and if we don't get this, we get Claudine Gay. That's it. That's it. And and here, think about this. I think also many of us are looking at saying we haven't been getting 10 or 20 percent of anything. When we negotiate, it always falls to their side. So we want to start getting 5 and 10 percent of something. When have we had a budget that decreases even 1 percent? You know, it just doesn't happen. So I think many of us are looking at this and say, I will vote, by the way. I will fight like nails, and I almost call someone names, uh, you know, to, to try to get you to look at a broader scope. But if they're the ones nominated, I will, I will donate, I will take time, and I will work for them because we need to hold together. Our the Republican Party is the only viable, strong opposition to the left right now. Yeah, and and I, you know, and I would like it to be MAGA, but even if it's a Romney, you, you know, I, I, I almost want to. I do not like that guy vehemently. I think he's disgusting. But if he was our only nominee, I would be on his campaign. If who was our only nominee? Romney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, of course. I take the point. Of course. Of course. Of course. If that's the choice, yeah. I mean, I don't know what percent you get out of 100. The old Reagan equation is that, you know, my 80 percent friend should be not thought of as my 20 percent should not be thought of as my 20 percent enemy. And, you know, you probably get at least 70 percent. You got 70 percent with them, probably. Right. Um, Right. But but right. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And those are the ratings that come out. You know, you look at these people, people like John McCain, 80 plus percent ratings by organizations like the ACU. I'll take it any day of the week over what Barack Obama. Right. 
Any day yes. of the week. I was in that column. I don't know if you had a chance to read it that I had mentioned to you. Yes, it was so well put. Well, the point I, I, the point I, is this. Yeah. I mean, I you know they did this to Goldwater in '64, and it was such a pivotal year because '64, the loss of '64, where Goldwater, the Republican, got seven million fewer votes than Richard Nixon did in 1960, painted as an extremist yeah. by people with names like Romney, by the way, yep. and Rockefeller and Scranton and and. And you think about what happened with the Johnson administration. When we talk about our national debt and we talk about our budget deficits and we talk about um, items in the budget that we can't even touch, it's all because of the great society. I don't care if you're only a fiscal conservative. I don't care if all you are is a fiscal Republican and you could care less about anything else. You're still paying for the Lyndon Johnson victory of 1964 to this moment, to this day. Oh, God, that is such a good point. That is such a good point. And we have to realize that we stand together or the left advances. Yeah. You know, we have to do that. And too many times I remember when I was working with uh, a low level, little dumb young schmuck in that Reagan uh, trying to get Reagan elected, and I was a precinct officer in that area. Uh, you know, at that time we lived in Washington State. But the whole point was, is all we heard is extremists, and we, they, you know, people's <laughs> yeah. excuse not to stand by him. Yeah. And it was like, stand by him because he's your he's your nominated representative for the uh, party. And it's what here's here's something. What what do you think about this? Because you hear more of that kind of. I won't I won't stand by you from the moderate left wing of the Republican Party, the so-called establishment. They want us to vote stand by them no matter what. Yes. Stick with McCain. And as soon as it's as soon as it's conservative, the same guy wanted us to yep. work for him. And I did. Right. Start calling us. Look, at Mitt, look, look at Mitt Romney. T- Mitt Romney yes. this morning. Mitt Romney yes. this yes. morning indicated he'd be voting for Joe Biden. Yes. Do you know how many conservatives and members of the Republican Party's conservative wing went for Mitt Romney after he defeated people like Rick Santorum? Because they were more mature. That's why. Because when Goldwater said grow up, that means maturity. And that means not supporting socialism. And voting for the Democrats, I'm sorry to say these days, means voting for socialism. That's it. It's that That's simple. It. So, Thank you, Doug. So you bet. Bye. No, go ahead. You have 10 seconds. All right. I'll take it and give it to the music. We'll be right back. Are global leaders developing solutions that promote freedom and quality of life, or are they creating problems, enforcing solutions that only benefit the elite? Midas Gold Group believes it's the latter, from draconian COVID restrictions, the decimation of small businesses, and changed election laws. Midas believes your finances will be next. Under the guise of protecting you, you'll get monetary expansion, national debt, and reduced purchasing power. And their central bank digital currency will virtually eliminate your savings and purchasing privacy. The answer? Convert a portion of your savings, or IRA, to physical gold and silver. Precious metals are a private currency that has been used to store wealth throughout history. And thousands of you know and trust the veterans at Midas Gold Group, just like Seb Gorka and I do, as they've been fighting for your financial freedom and privacy for years. Call Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or check them out online at Midas 
minusgoldgroup.com. Minusgoldgroup.com. Well, this is how you fight back. Um, hundreds of professors at Harvard are fouling their own nest and defending the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay. But the National Association of Scholars just put out a statement, Claudine Gay should go. The National Association of Scholars calls on the Harvard Corporation to remove Claudine Gay from Harvard College's presidency. President Gay is at the center of the controversy that followed her December 5th testimony to the House Committee on Education and the Workforce, in which she found herself unable to give a clear answer to questions about what Harvard could or would do in response to calls for genocide against Jews. Her answers on that occasion were far from satisfactory, but they are not the only reason why she should be removed from the presidency. Her performance on December 5th should be, to borrow a word she used repeatedly on that occasion, put into context. The context in this case consists of her shoddy professional work, which would, by normal standards, disqualify her for any accepted appointment at Harvard, her record of plagiarism, her promotion of racist policies, her vindictive and arbitrary administrative punishment of Harvard College members. Some of this was known or knowable at the time of her appointment as president, but a great deal more is known today. The context also include includes Claudine Gay's on-the-record statements about the purpose of a Harvard education. She provided a remarkable summary of her views in her memorandum on August 20, 2020, to the Faculty of Arts and Scientists when she was serving as dean. In that memo, she set out her radical vision of the quote-unquote transformational project she had in mind for Harvard, a project that would redefine every aspect of the university in an effort to advance what she calls, quote, racial justice, close quote. This meant prioritizing race and faculty appointments, pursuing inclusive excellence, a euphemism for lowered academic standards, expanding the diversity bureaucracy, a.k.a. leadership opportunities for staff of color, and selectively favoring minority candidates for promotion of staff in managerial and executive roles. None of this was hidden, though the general public appears to have little understanding as to what it meant and how forcefully President Gay would implement it. Nor was it clear that the United States Supreme Court would strike down the controlling opinion in Grutter v. Bollinger, which had given Harvard and many other universities what they took to be licensed to use racial preferences in a wide variety of academic contexts. The decision in Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard demands a fundamental rethinking of such policies. Claudine Gay, who is profoundly committed to racialist policies, is not the right person to lead Harvard in this new era. In addition to these considerations, since the Hamas attacks on southern Israel on October 7th, President Gay has has exhibited a moral obtuseness that marries intolerance for all dissent from the diversity, equity, and inclusion regime to insensitivity to Jews faced with anti-Jewish harassment. President Gay's insistence that her hands were tied by the principle of free speech was belied by her longstanding willingness to crush the free speech of others who expressed views with which she disagreed. Gay has never deserved to be a member in good standing of the American Academy, much less to be president of Harvard, and Harvard can only begin to restore its badly tarnished reputation when it has removed her from the presidency. Lest any of the points mentioned here be thought insubstantial or uncorroborated, we shall note them, and we will do that when we come right back. Have you ever seen The Hustler? By the way? No, that's also on my list. Have you seen its uh, 
sequel, The Color of Money, with Tom Cruise? No, but it's good to know that they're sequels of each other. Yeah, they're both good. I actually think The Color of Money is better. My old uh, boss and buddy, Bill Bennett, had a film professor or friend who was a film professor at uh, UT who opened up his uh, class, if I have this right, opened up his class every year saying, most people have seen thousands of movies. I've seen one movie thousands of times, and that movie was The Hustler. For him, he thought it was just, you know, one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, interesting. Not to say that all movies share the same plot, but he just really liked The Hustler. Yeah, yeah, like there was a lot to find in it. Um, I didn't. I don't know if there's a movie. What movie have you seen more than any other movie? Is there one? I would probably say A Star is Born. Which one? 1954 with Judy Garland and James Mason. Seriously, that spoke to you so much, huh? Mm-hmm. That's on my top five. It might even be my most favorite movie of all time. You're kidding. We've talked about this on air. Well, I, I, I probably forgot it because I disagreed with it so much. That's interesting. Yeah, we're developing a habit of forgetting things we talk about on air. Are we? Are we? What yeah. else? Did Simon I... and Garfunkel, Silent Night. Oh, yeah, that was... Oh, yeah, that, that one. That was embarrassing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite film. I, uh, movie. I think that that's... Really? It's my favorite cinematic work. <laughs> Aren't you glad the, I came into work today? Yeah, sort of. I could have the, been out there in the streets protesting coming into work. Was it a protest? Day? Oh, did you hear about that? No. Yes, the pro-Hamas folks aren't coming into work today. They're boycotting the economy. Let's see how well that worked out for them. Oh, really? Yes. This is like a national thing? A national thing, apparently. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's so see. So I will be taking my leave. Let's see. Yeah. Last segment, all on your own, big guy. <laughs> let's see how that works out. All right, here's the indictment from the National Association of Scholars against Claudine Gay, president of Harvard. Corroboration. Christopher Rufo and Chris Bennett have just obtained documentation that proves that Gay plagiarized substantial portions of her doctoral thesis, not least in irony from noted conservative political scientist Carol Swain. That is ironic. Carol Swain has done a lot of Prager University videos. Item two, as noted a year ago by the National Association of Scholars, David Randall, Gay, although promoted within the academic track, has never published an academic book. This is not a sin, as plagiarism is, but it registers her obvious unfitness to be a professor at Harvard, much less its president. Can you imagine an academic not publishing a book? Chris Brunet has also shown how Gay's administrative work at Harvard has consisted to a considerable extent of covering up real scandals or in groundlessly persecuting innocent professors, such as Roland Fryer. Gay argued forcefully in 2020 for the tighter imposition of the so-called anti-racist agenda at Harvard University, which is actually racist, including Exhortation 4, an announcement of her own plans to execute racially discriminatory hiring practices. Since the October 7th mass murder of Israelis by Hamas, Gay has winked at the chronic harassment of Jews by Muslims and the far left at Harvard and extenuated and protected it by calling it freedom of speech. Gay also has revealed extraordinary moral obtuseness by her inability to speak clearly to condemn the moral degenerates of Harvard who have glorified the butchery of Jews under the thin disguise of the slogan from the river to the sea called for the genocide of the Jewish nation of Israel. The time has come to bring down the curtain on presidential appointments that plainly had the support of campus activists and a fair number of faculty members. 
but which from the beginning was ill-founded and is now a national embarrassment. This is the kind of thing I was saying earlier, quoting earlier, from Fareed Zakaria. I think he himself is a Harvard grad, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, Double-check me on that. I'm pretty sure he is. But it's just a question of what took these people so long? What took them so long? You know, when Alan Bloom published his Closing of the American Mind way back in 1987, he was denounced as a right-winger. He was no such thing. He was a Democrat his whole life. But he believed in the Western canon, and he believed in notions of free inquiry and free thought. And he was himself a scholar of uh, Rousseau and political philosophy and Shakespeare. He was no right-winger. He was a Democrat. But anything that countered or supported Western philosophy— was considered to be right-wing and thus to be silenced and denounced. Uh, The killer bees, you know who the New York Times counted higher education's killer bees? There were three of them in one famous New York Times column. The three bees responsible for the end of higher education, the killer bees, Alan Bloom, Saul Bellow, and William Bennett. Again, all at that time, Democrats. Bennett would later change his registration to Republican. But those were the three um, the three evils of the modern university, according to the New York Times and pretty much all of elite academia. And now you get Fareed Zakaria, <laughs> 35, 40 years later, saying the good intentions have morphed into a dogmatic ideology and turned these universities into places where the pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. Erwin Chemerinsky said the same thing about a month ago. Alan Dershowitz said the same thing uh, very recently in his attack, uh, criticism, critique, denunciation of Barack Obama. Where have y'all been? You didn't want to hear it. You were dismissing us as right-wing and crazies. This is much like, shorter distance in time, but much like the New York Times today coming around to school closures being a bad idea. I remember when we were fighting against school closures, it was something you couldn't talk about. It was something that could get you deplatformed. It could. It was something, ask Jennifer Say of Levi's, that could cost you your job. Today, every major newspaper admits it was a mistake. Those who said it, at the, that's, that's the old line I sometimes were down to. Sometimes the price for being right is appearing to be wrong at the time. But the thing is, when you have the data, there's no excuse for appearing to be wrong at the time. It's wrong only as sifted through an ideology that is subject to an invincible ignorance that will brook no dissent. And that's not what universities are for. That's not what newspapers are for. It's not what the First Amendment is for. That's not what the West and America is about. It is what Marxism is about. It is what nihilism about is about, and it is what relativism is about. And that's why we're in the funk we're in. 
Portions of this show are brought to you by Y-Refi. They have a secure investment that actually helps people, and you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. It's an investment where you are in control. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you choose. Absolutely no fees. Peace of mind, no attack on principle if you ever need your money back, and you get your monthly statement with no surprises. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that may be a better option for you than where you have your money now. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. That's 888-YREFI-24. By the way, they're headquartered here locally. Offices right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. You can visit with them, as I have any number of times. And when you do, no sales pitch, and you won't be asked to sign a thing. If you don't, check them out in person. Check them out online. Invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. Moral panics, that's what I was talking about earlier, and um, doomsday cults. Great piece at Issues and Insights on that. The doomsday cult needs to recalculate its many failed predictions. Five years ago, then-California Governor Jerry Brown said with great certainty that, quote, in less than five years, even the worst skeptics will be believers, close quote. While we're not sure why some skeptics are in his mind worse than others, it's clear that he was wrong. Wrong as the prediction of the end of snow was wrong, just as wrong as Prince Charles, Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Al Gore, celebrated activist James Hansen, and the tiresome will have no cold John Kerry declaring we have fewer than 100 months or 12 years or 10 years or 4 years or 500 days to save Earth from the menace of man-made global warming. We've had half a century of various failed climate and ecological predictions, 18 of them spectacularly wrong. Yet the carbon-obsessed doomsayers continue to insist that a planetary tragedy is imminent. The difference between them and the end-of-the-world cults that have to recalculate the day of the apocalypse when their prophecies come and go without incident is that much of the Western world has bought into the climate zealots' hysteria. In addition to the many botched timeline predictions, there is also the temperature, temperature dashboard warning light message. Once we reach a global temperature that is 1.5 degrees Celsius higher than that of the pre-industrial era, we will have arrived at a disastrous threshold. Never mind that there is no such thing as a measurable global temperature or that the temperature record is unreliable or that the 1.5 degrees was not established by science but a number agreed upon in order to forge a climate agreement. Beware the panics. Beware the cult of panic. Beware the moral panics. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.